saw me standing alone Welcome to the Slotted Lamb, a movies-by-minute watch of the John Landis written and directed 1981 horror classic, An American Werewolf in London. I'm your host, Troy, and I want to thank you for joining me on this journey. Well, would you look at that? It's already Wednesday, so we must be talking about Minute 85, which starts out with uh, Let Me Introduce You and ends with David Kessler Must Die. Uh, David is now seated with his zombie-slash-skeletal-looking best friend Jack in a porno theater located in Piccadilly Circus as uh, they started the conversation with some uh, niceties and recap uh, last night's events. Uh, we This one starts off with, again, a briefly constructed, uh, a beautifully constructed effects piece that is Jack Goodman 3.0 uh, being operated by several artists, including Griffin Dunn, who is in control of Jack's jaw. Jack believes it's time to uh, make sure David is aware of the severity of the situation. I want you to meet some people. Uh, we are witnessed, uh, witnesses to uh, David's uh, concerned face. We are then presented with a profile shot of Michael Carter, who is playing Gerald uh, Bringsley. He is still dressed in his suit and jacket from the uh, night before when he was attacked in the subway. And there are three claw marks across his left cheek. And the side of his neck appears to be torn out. Uh, his skin is uh, monochromatically colored. His face is a pale flesh color that is in high contrast to all the bright, very wet red blood that oozes out of his dimensioned wounds. Um, along with his entire hairline. Uh, his hair looks to be slick with it as well. A stream of blood runs down the center of his forehead and then trickles along the left side of his nose uh, where it ends up uh, coating his lips. David Kessler, this is Gerald Bringsley. Gerald is uh, blankly staring towards the uh, movie screen. Uh, Jack now uh, swings his head back towards David. Again, this, again, beautifully constructed and operated. I also must point out also the operation of this uh, animatronic puppet of uh, Jack is... I, it, it, it's just, it's always, it's always something that has been so fascinating to me, how it looks and how it's portrayed and how it's like the effect just looks. It's just fantastic. Um, the way it's lit, the way it moves, it's just so cool. So again, uh, Jack uh, now uh, looks uh, towards David, uh, who has a look of shock on his face as he himself uh, is like gazing at uh, Gerald. Uh, Jack now informs David uh, who this man is. Gerald's the man you murdered on the subway. We thought it best for you not to see him, as he's a fresh kill and still pretty messy. We then uh, go back to a shot of uh, Gerald, and he leans forward and turns, as if obviously to be able to be seen around Jack, because they are sitting basically right next to him. Even though we never have a full shot of everyone, um, in like the actual rows, we never have like a three shot of, uh, Gerald, Jack, and David. It's always either the two shot of, uh, Jack and David or Ed, Gerald, and the rest of the crew 
off. It doesn't, but they are in the same sequence. So anyways, um, so like I said, Gerald's turns forward. You can see that uh, the blood is completely in like covering his complete forehead as it slowly seems to have dripped down the uh, other side of his face. You can now definitely see that his neck is completely torn out and uh, he basically uh, backs up uh, Jack's claim. Yes, I do look most unpleasant. We then uh, go to a shot of uh, Jack and David, a true shot of Jack and David. Uh, Jack is still looking at David, and then now David has now looked, uh, basically start, uh, locked eyes with uh, Jack, and basically uh, pleading to why he is doing this to him. Why are you doing this to me? We then go back to a shot of Gerald still leaning forward, still looking gruesome and all that, and he points out that... Uh, Isn't Mr. Goodman's idea? He's your good friend, whereas I am a victim of your carnivorous lunar activities. Uh, back to a single shot of David as he uh, again is now looking at uh, uh, Bringsley and uh, apologizes. Mr. Bringsley, I'm sorry. I have absolutely no idea what to say to you. We then cut back to a shot of uh, Gerald as he starts to list off the people that uh, he is now left behind because of uh, David's actions. You've left my wife a widow, and my children fatherless. And I understand I am to walk the earth in limbo, one of the living dead, until the wolf's bloodline is severed and the curse lifted. Parse way through this, uh, this we actually cut back to a shot of David to show that he is still... Uh, very, uh, very obviously sorry and still shocked at uh, seeing Gerald in this state. And uh, Gerald continues uh, delivering his lines. He then we then cut back to Gerald again, and he is definitely getting more agitated as he delivers his line. He is definitely not impressed with uh, David's apologies. He's definitely not helping the situation. And uh, he basically wants to get out of this situation um, of being stuck in limbo, uh, like was mentioned. And he basically, practically, with a, a bloody pointing hand, which he points towards David, basically gives David the option he's got to end his life. You must die, David Kessler. All right, and that's about where we end the, uh, the actual uh, footage of the minute. Um, but what I'm trying to figure out is the, uh, the location of the actual theater itself. And now I'm talking the interior of the theater, because we do know that the exterior, which is located in uh, Piccadilly Circus, and uh, the, uh, tiny, uh, the tiny theater is obviously no longer there, because, well, we're talking so many years later, but um, actually the location is now um, an actual gap. Uh, the, the clothing store, which is on the uh, corner of Shaftesbury uh, Avenue in Piccadilly Circus. And that we know that the actual movie that is being shown in this theater was uh, recorded at uh, Twickenham Studios. However, um, 
I have no actual information if the interior is actually one of the theaters that was being used, like, because it was an actual theater. So I'm not 100% sure if it actually was used for it, because at some shots in the movie, it uh, seems to look like a stage. But again, that's a pretty like a setup, like a, like it's on a soundstage. Like the 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 wolf sequences look like soundstage footage, which could easily be done because it wouldn't be uh, too difficult for uh, it wouldn't be too far fetched for John Landis to have recreated a section of this theater in the studio because hey, they recreated a whole entire uh, apartment. Uh, well, not the actual the but the actual room, the actual like I said, Alex's room where David has the transformation in the living room is all recreated during the transformation sequence. Um, so there I wouldn't be too far-fetched for John Landis to have done that as well. But I can't actually find any information about that. Like if there was a set built for part of the theater or the theater was built on a set or the theater was actually the actual theater in the theater. And I think I've said the word theater too many times. And uh, seeing again, we are still in the actual theater. We'll just uh, briefly uh, give uh, uh, another listing of a couple of John Landis's movies that include the... Uh, we'll now go to the See You Next Wednesday moment. So uh, in, uh, in chronological order, as uh, these are released... So... In Coming to America in 1988, a poster for See You Next Wednesday is shown on a New York City subway station. Uh, the uh, It stars uh, Dan Aykroyd, Sybil Danning, Jamie Lee Curtis, uh, Mo Howard, James Brown, and uh, Kari Young. In the first episode of the 1990 TV series Dream On, which John Landis directed, uh, Martin, played by Brian Benben, uh, says to the maid, uh, uh, see you next Thursday. She corrects him by saying Wednesday. And then uh, in the Michael Jackson music video Black or White, which was released in 1991, SYNW is shown on the window which Michael Jackson throws a garbage can through. The window is that of a company named See You Next Wednesday Storage Company. Over on the commentary track, David Naughton, once uh, Gerald Bringsley is uh, revealed in his current state, mentions that uh, this is a classic more blood moment. Then, after a bit of silence, when uh, Gerald delivers the carnivorous lunar activities line, David says that that sums it up. Uh, Griffin Dunn gives a short laugh at David's observation. According to the script, scene 82, interior, cinema day, the conversation that has uh, now become a threesome plays out the same as it does in the final film. However, uh, Gerald's introduction is different for the most part. He is in the shadows. Uh, once he starts talking, the camera directions are that it pans down to show the blood dripping from the seat 
uh, to a puddle on the floor. And it isn't until the delivery of the line, You Must Die, that uh, Gerald leans forward almost into the light and that he glistens. When it comes to the radio drama, this sequence of the radio play, as it pertains to this minute of the movie, plays out practically the same as it does in the film, except for a few changes. Gerald is actually sitting in the row behind David and Jack. Plus, at the start, uh, Gerald delivers a line, uh, his lines as, it, uh, as if he's more uh, reserved than his uh, film counterpart but uh, does increase in attitude as the scene plays on. Also, after he delivers his opening line, there is heard a squelching sound, to which he apologizes for, and Jack mentions that that carotid artery, artery was bound to go. And like I mentioned before, the uh, more Gerald talks, the more vile his speech towards David becomes. And on that note, that brings us to the end of another minute of An American World from London and the end of this episode of Welcome to the Slaughtered Lamb. So be sure to subscribe to this podcast on either Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or any of your favorite podcast catchers. And if you'd be so kind as to share, rate, and review us, that would be really cool too. If you feel like following this podcast on the social medias, you can follow Planet Geek Pod, all one word, on Instagram and Twitter. And if you would like to send us in a message via email, send it to planetgeekpod at gmail.com. So until next time, remember, keep off the moors, stick to the roads, best of luck. Yeah, we'll just uh, cut that little sequence out. Uh, we will uh, 